Hey there, it's Alex. Just a really quick announcement before we get started here. We were totally booked out for our Cost of Glory Rome retreat this summer, 2024, June 30th through July 7th. But we've managed to make some adjustments and we've found room for another one or two slots. So if you're interested in visiting the great sites of Rome, discussing the merits of Rome's greatest men with me, and also improving as a speaker with the insights of ancient rhetoric and a whole lot of live practice and discussion, check out the retreat website at costofglory.com retreat. Hope to see you in Rome. Okay, now for the episode. How do you get someone to destroy themselves? If you're faced with an aggressive, independent adversary playing their best game, how can you undermine them so as to get the advantage? Hello, friends. A short episode today of The Cost of Glory. A reminder, if you've been enjoying this podcast, it would really help us out a lot if you'd go and leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Also, subscribe to the email list at ancientlifecoach.com. Okay, they and other things have been a little slow past couple of weeks. We've had a new addition to the family here. But yes, that is another place that I share the best and most impactful, short, motivational stories that I find in my research through the ancients. All right, now then. You know, often in our quest for glory and goodness, or merely for prestige and profit, we are faced with energetic adversaries, teams of determined rivals, dogged competitors, That new brand is eating up your market share, winning over your customers. You wake up in the middle of the night thinking about them. The other political party is winning in the polls. The youth are flocking to them. Another weekend warrior football team is undefeated, and you're playing them next. Well, this lesson can be used in the short term, but it applies especially if you're playing longer term games, bigger games, and many have found ways to use this to win. How to weaken them, then? Well, Plato gives a simple answer. Find a way to persuade your adversary to love something inferior to victory itself, such as money. Teach them to love some lesser means to happiness or freedom or virtue rather than the end itself. Now, Plato was a keen observer of the decline of city-states. In his day, many formerly middling powers rose to great prominence, like Thebes and Syracuse, while others sank from their former glory, like Athens and Sparta. And in his Republic, Plato describes how a city-state can go from a political system in which the most honorable people are ruling, something we might call an aristocracy, and devolve into one where it's not the honorable people, but simply the rich who are ruling, without regard to whether they are brave, wise, etc. And in this dialogue, one character asks the philosopher Socrates, How does it happen that an aristocracy based on honor and virtuous merit devolves into a money oligarchy? And the answer Socrates gives is as follows. Quote, It is the accumulation of gold in the treasury of private individuals that is the ruin of the constitution based on honor. In such a state, first, the citizens find ways that they want to spend their money, and then they bend the laws to allow them to do it as they wish. For both they and their wives have no faith in the laws anyway. And then one man seeing another grow rich seeks to rival him, 
and thus the great mass of citizens become lovers of money. End quote. And Plato certainly has in mind here the example of what happened at Sparta. We talked about this in the life of Lysander. Plato lived through the end of the Peloponnesian War, and he remembered Lysander and the Spartans' victory over his hometown of Athens. He remembered what happened in the decades after, too. Originally, the Spartans didn't allow their warriors to accumulate personal fortunes or to spend money on luxuries. They had very restricted freedoms in their private lives. This produced discipline, and it was the price that they were willing to pay to win a greater freedom, a freedom from subjection to any other state, whether Greek or barbarian. But when the Spartans won an empire, the wealth flooded in, and it was their leaders who got most distracted of all with profitable foreign governorships and luxury objects and all that these things said about who they were, men of refinement, men of taste, not just warriors, sophisticated gentlemen, just as sophisticated as the Asian Greeks, as the Athenians, as the Persians. And as Plato recognized, desire is mimetic. And if you get the leaders of a society to want something, everyone else will imitate them. Within a generation, Sparta ceded military supremacy to Thebes. And you might see this principle at work in a company who starts recruiting its employees with well-paid sinecures and perks like a 24-hour on-site pet hotel, rather than a meaningful mission, a cause worth fighting for. It might be the flashy athlete who becomes more interested in the sponsorships, the vegan meat commercial deals, or likes on his political tweets, than in the honor of a championship. If you want to weaken your adversary, do everything you can to tempt them with empty pleasures and distract them with the material benefits of success. Get them to focus on things other than the success itself. But if your enemies love to work hard at doing what they do best, and if they have learned to love the toil for its own sake almost because they see their work as the arena in which their natures are reaching full expression, if they have a clear sense of why it matters, like the Spartans once did, then you'd better brace yourself for some pain. Or match them. How? Here's a way. Think of a person you've met in your career or in life or in history who had to elevate themselves, who had to refuse to get distracted. Why can't it be you who does this too? Who in your life might look to your example someday when they need that extra bit of zeal to help them face the arena, to not slacken off once they've made some progress? It might even be your rival that you look to. The Thebans kept looking at the Spartans and asking themselves, why can't it be us? Until one day, it was them. Stay strong, stay ancient. Until next time. This is Alex Petkus.